Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, for horse racing at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing on Instagram, for hot takes and fantasy football advice at ETOF21 Sports underscore fantasy on instagram i had some people ask me why i created that account i'm just going to be simple i need to keep everything separate for me to keep my sanity and for me to be organized i have a million and five things going on in my life have it be with all the sports stuff i'm trying to put out to you guys and help you guys make some money with the girl who's moved in now i have a million and two things going on so for me to be organized, this is just the way I need to do stuff in my head. That's the way I created the account. Also, some people who are following me, who are paying members, they've straight out said to me, look, we're following this account for sports betting. We really don't care about what your hot takes are on whatever going on in the sports world, which I get, which I understand. So again, starting Monday, the hot takes and all the fancy stuff on Instagram are going to be on that account. Wow. What a week of sports. What a week of sports. We had Alabama winning the national championship game. And like I said, I have the girl living with me now. Let me tell you about the girl real quick. The girl grew up in Pittsburgh, went to undergrad at Ohio State. And she has us doing the 75-day hard thing, which is basically, I mean, it's pretty simple. You watch your diet. Easy. Read 10 pages of book a day, Entrepreneur, which is hard for me just because I get so trapped. I get lost in time. Uh, work out twice a day, one being outside. Since we're in Chicago and it's cold, we're kind of just doing 45 minutes a day, twice a day inside, which is fine. Not drinking alcohol, which is so fucking hard. And following a diet, like I said. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. So anyway, Sunday night, Pittsburgh shits the bed. She goes in the kitchen, grabs a bottle of Chardonnay, says, I'm taking, a, taking a, a bath. Comes back 90 minutes later, going to bed. Okay. Monday night. Ohio State, you know, shits the bed. Gets down early. Game's basically over after the first the first drive of Alabama or the first half. She looks at me, walks into the kitchen, grabs another bottle of Chardonnay, and boom, in the tub. So she, she failed. Your boy... He's only messed up one day. I think it was Thursday. Yeah, Thursday I recorded the Gino Bacalo podcast. I had some Sam Houston going. Wanted to do some prep work just for betting for the weekend and some research on some stuff and work on some draft stuff I've, I'm going to start putting out. Um, I was in front of my computer. I needed to read my 10 pages. I dove into my work. I looked up at my little clock on my macbook next thing i know is 4 30 a.m so i completely worked through the night because i got so lost in my work and i didn't read you didn't read the book 10 pages of the book so that's the one time that i've effed up so yeah i mean it hasn't been that hard but in terms of the sporting stuff i mean the big news obviously was the trade with the nba you have a lot of moving parts here so i will look at each team so number one we got james harden james harden went to the nets this is the big piece Will it work? Honestly, I don't know if it will work. The main thing is, are Kyrie and Harden going to buy into everything? Are they going to buy into it? Are they going to buy into A, moving without the ball? Are they going to buy into actually playing defense? 
Or is this just going to be a thing where it was like in Houston under D'Antoni? Because that's not what Nash wants. Nash wants free-flowing, a movement-type offense. D'Antoni's offense, who's an assistant on the, on the staff for the Nets, he, you know, four people out, spacing, one person top of the key, boom, you go. That's what D'Antoni had in Houston, and I don't, are, are that, is that what they're going to go to in Brooklyn? Or is, are Harden and Kyrie, because Durant did it in Golden State, are they going to buy in to moving without the ball? That is the million-dollar question. That's number one. Number two, what's going to go on the defensive end? The one thing when Kyrie was playing, and I know it's been a while, is when he's got having to guard like opposing point guards. There was a game at the beginning of the year, he's down in his stance trying to check, uh, what was his name, Trey Young. What? 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 You're trying to have Kyrie Irving check Trey Young? Is this real life, or am I in a freaking nightmare? Because there's no way on earth that should ever fucking be happening. So they definitely, the Nets definitely need a defensive player to be able to guard a point guard, to check someone. Because you can't rely on Irving, and Harden hasn't shown he's been able to do it. Durant, yeah, Durant can defend. Durant can check. But like every NBA player does, the older they get, they rest more on defense just because they just can't do it anymore. They can't play both sides of the floor. LeBron, Kyrie, Kawhi, everyone's done it. And Durant's going to do the same, especially when he's coming back from a serious injury. So that's a worrisome point. You lost Jarrett Allen, who I think was huge, who I think they're better off closing games with. Now you're relying on DeAndre Jordan. God only knows what you're going to get from him. I've never, he can't make three throws. Is he going to be able to defend? He can't make a jump shot. So people are going to be able to say again. And you lost Lavert. Lavert is really good. Lavert is going to take off in Indiana. So. They lost some depth. So as much as everyone wants to just give the East to the Nets, I would be a little leery just because there's a lot of ways this can go. And the way I'm looking at it is I think they're going to struggle. I don't think they're going to be coming out of the East unless unless they're able to unload Kyrie and be able to get some defenders. Because Kyrie, what they need, isn't what they need right now. And also, he's just MIA. Now, Fine, you don't want to play basketball. That's fine, dude. You can go live your life, man. I really don't care what you do. But the fact you're getting paid and you are out on Zoom calls, partying, that's that, that, that just doesn't sit well with me. That really doesn't sit well with me. But it's your life, man. If you don't want to play, just retire. Just go do your thing, dude. I have no shame in you. You can do whatever you want. In terms of the Pacers, Pacers unloaded Oladipo. Oladipo wasn't going to sign there anyway. That you know, every, everyone knew that Oladipo was out. He wants to be in the South Beach. He wants to be in Miami. That's fine. He's gone. Bye. But now you got Lavert, who let's face it, I can make an argument that's going to be better than Oladipo, and he signed till twenty twenty three. Lavert's going to be playing those starter minutes, which he wanted, which he wasn't going to get in Brooklyn, and he's going to be the man. He is going to be the man down the stretch because he's going to be the guy who's forced to go to create and get other people's involved, and so. Long term, if he can stay healthy, granted, I know he's had some injury histories, he created more financial gains by going to the Pacers because he's going to be able to show everyone what he can do. He's going to get starter minutes. 
and he's going to be the man going down the stretches. This is huge for Levert and for the Pacers because I they have him until 2023. So now you have Brogdon, Sabonis, and Levert. That's a solid little threesome that they that you can build around and you can compete. You can win a round in the playoffs and maybe shock a team in the second round if everything falls your way. So I really like what the Pacers did. Now you look at the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers added Jarek Allen. I love him. He's only 22 years old. They have his bird rights, so they can't extend it. So that is huge. And he's going to fit in great with that Young's core of Garland and Colin Sexton. But they have a log jam right now at center with him, JaVale McGee, and Andre Drummond, who had a beast. Drummond had a fucking 2020 game last night. So there's a log jam, not too many minutes for those three. So obviously... If I'm the Cavs, I'm on the phone. I'm looking to do anything I can to trade both of them. And obviously, after that game last night, Drummond's value is going to be at the highest. Because you have to remember, the Pistons, the best the Pistons could get for Andre Drummond last year was a second-round pick. That was the best they could get from him. So the market for Andre Drummond isn't that big right now. Portland could be interested. Portland... Nurich went down, fractured wrist, out eight, was it, eight weeks, and Zach Collins is hurt. Drummond could go there. I mean, that would be interesting because that would give him a big. But, like I said, until Drummond can make three throws and knock down a jump shot, he's really, really limited with what he can do. But 20 and 20, I mean, that, that, is, that is a Shaq, old-school Shaq-type game. So... The Cavs, they'll look to move Drummond, and they'll look to move McGee, and then they have that young core that obviously will eventually move Kevin Love as soon as they can get something good for him. But, yeah, I, I like what the Cavs are building. And like I said, Allen's only 22 years old. He's been in the league for a while, and he's only 22, and he's just getting better. That's a great young three. And if the Cavs miss the playoffs, this draft class has some dudes in it. The Cavs are building something. I really like what Cleveland's doing. They're doing it through the draft because obviously you know you're not not going to be able to get any free agents more than likely to go there unless someone has ties to the community but i like what they're doing and then lastly the rockets i mean the thing that blows your mind is one draft pick is in 2027 2027 so that's an what an 18 year old in 2027 so there's basically 11 or a 12 year old traded for james harden just wrap your head around that which blows my fucking mind when you really start to think about it but the Rockets did, you know, they did fine. They they got, what, four first-round draft picks. And if Katie bounces, which he easily could, and James Harden, God only knows what you're going to get from Harden and Irving, those picks later on could be, could be pretty good. And so they're taking that gamble. You have the pick swaps, which are great. You know, you'll be able to swap picks. And you took Oladipo, who you still could move. Or if you don't move... You part ways at the end of the year, and you have a free max slot available. So that was a great move for the Rockets. Rockets freed up cap space. They got draft picks. They they did great. I would have, honestly, if they were serious about making the playoffs, which I'll get to after this thought, I think they would have kept Levert. Because if you, when you throw in Levert, John Wall, and Cousins, and Wood, who's playing phenomenal, that's a nice little group of four that could battle for that sixth spot. They can make be six in the West. But by trading Levert, I kind of think in the back of my head they're going to be going full rebuild instead of just a reset, which makes me think we'll see Wall 
Oladipo, and Boogie all changing teams via trade before the deadline. Now, I've had some people ask me about my DFS build. Eric, how do you come up with your lineups and everything? Well, first of all, when you're part of the team, what happens is mornings of the game. So today, you get the build, and that is you get a group of players that I like the most that are going to be in every lineup, and then a list of players that I am building around to try to make the ideal lineup to make some cash in DFS. Now, people have said, well, how do you get these four? Well, let me talk you guys through the process. So today we're going to look at the running back position. I'll talk you guys through the running back position. So on Monday at the beginning of the week, I have this program. What this program does, it looks on FanDuel and DraftKings, and it goes position by position, and it just imports the players onto spreadsheets with their name and their price. So that's the first step. Now, in the four, I want a starter. So then everyone that's not going to be a starter, I cut off. And I just transformed. So I took Kamara, Adam Jones, Nick Chubb, Dobbins, Akers, Allaire, Fournette. I include Hunt in here just because of the situation with Hunt. Singletary and Darwin Thompson because I expect Allaire not, not yeah, Kyle, Kyle Allaire not to play because of the hip. So I put those guys on a different spreadsheet. And then I look at the matchups. The big matchup for me is I like DVOA. If you guys have listened to me on the Gino Bacala podcast, I like DVOA. So based on the DVOA matchups, that takes Kamara completely out of the game for me. I put Kamara on my fade list just because of the matchup and historically how he's done. Now I look at Aaron Jones. Now this game I think is going to be a little higher scoring. So I take Aaron Jones off the list. Now I look at Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, great matchup. Bigger factor in the passing game. Kansas City, awful against the run, DVOA. So Chubb, he goes on the list. Now that brings me to Hunt. No, not Hunt, Dobbins. Look at Dobbins. Could it be weather issues? Ravens, one of the best running game in the NFL. The way to beat Buffalo is by running the ball and attacking the middle. So, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll put Dobbins on the list. I'll put Dobbins on the list. Next down, we got Cam Akers coming off a huge, huge game. Quarterback is hurt. Green Bay has struggled against the run. No-brainer. This is a no-brainer. Anyone that knows me has known I've been a huge Cam Akers guy. So he's definitely going to be on here. Fournette, I'm on Fournette. You got Ronald Jones, who's hurt, but he may not be hurt and still play. I mean, everything coming out of Tampa about Ronald Jones' dynamic is completely just out in the air. So I And plus, the Saints are second DVOA against the run. So let's toss Fournette. Now you get Kareem Hunt. You got the revenge game narrative. But here's the thing. I love Nick Chubb. I think Chubb is a way better running back. He got more touches each and every week. And I slowly think the Browns staff is starting to realize the best way for them to win is give your best player, Nick Chubb, the ball more and more and more and more. There's no reason this kid should not be touching the ball 20 to 25 times a game. So because of the lack of touches, I do believe Hunt gets in the end zone this weekend. I have to take Kareem Hunt off the list. 
Now, we are on to Singletary. Singletary is interesting because the way to beat the Ravens is by passing to running backs out of the backfield. They really struggle at that. And will the Bills do that? They could do that. But Diggs is such a big factor in the passing game. But there's also no Zach Moss. And Singletary is only priced at 4500 Because of the price, Singletary is on the list. Okay, so now... Oh, and then, sorry, we got Kansas City. Kansas City, like I said, I don't think Allaire is playing Darwin Thompson. But, I mean, with every weapon Kansas City has, do I really want to rely on Darwin Thompson? Thomas. Daryl Thompson. Daryl Thompson. I'm sorry. No, I do not want to rely on Daryl Thompson. So, now I have a list of four. I got Chubb, Dobbins, Agosh, Singletary. So... We got Chubb, who's priced at 6600 We got Dobbins, priced at 6000 We got Akers, 57 And like I just said, we got Singletary, priced at 45 So now I start looking at DFS Twitter. I start seeing who these touts that sell plays for DFS are touting. And who are they touting the most? Everyone and their aunt is touting Nick Chubb. So even though I fucking love Nick Chubb this week, I have to take Chubb out of the four. So now we go to Dobbins. The main thing with Dobbins is you look at Dobbins, Edwards, and Jackson, and everything is just basically limited. So you're going to be running the gamble of you don't know who's going to be getting the goal line carries, and you need touchdowns. Like, for Dobbins to be worth it, I need Dobbins to at least get 18 to 21 points. 18 being the floor. And... I don't know if he can get there without scoring the touchdown. So, unfortunately, because of the splits, he's out. Now we look at Akers. Huge game last week. McVay's finally figured out, which I've been saying since they drafted him. He is the top running back in this unit. And Jared Goff is hurt. So he can't throw the ball. His finger's like mangled. And he has a phenomenal matchup against the Packers. And the offensive line is playing better. I don't see any negative by taking Cam Akers out. And in terms of the DFS Twitter, I see more people talking about Chubb than I do Akers. So I'm going to leave Akers in there. Now we get to Singletary. Singletary, 4,500. No Zach Moss. But TJ Yeldon. And they just signed Devontae Freeman. So that has me a little bit worried about how much Singletary is going to actually be used. And also, the Bills aren't really that much of a running team. And if they do run it, it's Josh Allen. And they really don't pass that much out of the backfield. So as great as the price is and opening up more opportunities to higher price players by playing Singletary, I don't think I can get that 18 points I need from Singletary. So Singletary's out. So that just leaves Acres. So that's kind of how I talk myself through it when I make the decision about who I'm going to be putting in. Now, everyone else that's been explored that that's been transferred over to a spreadsheet, they're just in the player build, and I just do my projections and that for points that I have, and I just try to build the best roster I can. And that's kind of how I go through the DFS build. If you guys have any questions, you know, hit me up. I'm more than happy to help you out with that stuff. Now, there's been some coaching hires. If you guys are following me at etof21sports underscore fantasy, you'll see my takes on these hires. Let me just run through them real quick. 
Urban Meyer. The big worry about Urban Meyer is who you're going to get. Are you going to get the Jimmy Johnson and the Pete Carroll that transformed from college to pros with no issues, won Super Bowls? Or are you going to get the Lou Holtz, Steve Spurrier that came after they retired and struggled? That's why I don't know. Urban is going to have to make sure he gets the defensive coordinator locked down. And I don't know. I really don't know. Because when people are away from the sport, you don't know how much they're learning. And the NFL game, even though it's gotten closer to college with the RPO and the pace of play and everything, it's still a completely different game. So I really don't know if Urban's going to be able to do what the Jags need to do and take him to that next level. And the crazy thing is, is I see these rumors that he's actually contemplating drafting Justin Fields. Now, I've just started my scouting process. Let me just say, I'm, it's looking like I'm not going to be that high in fields. I need to study a couple more films, and I need to do the side-by-side comparison with him throwing against the other, the other prospects like I always do. But in terms of fields, I'm, I'm not that high in them right now, so that could be a mistake. But they have 11 draft picks, close to $75 million in cap space. That's going to be really interesting. I There's potential for Meyer to do well there. But who knows? Meyer has this thing where he... Oh, I'm sick. My health. I need to leave. That which he's done in the past when shit has hit the fan. So that's a good possibility too. Stuff get tough. Oh, I'm having a heart attack. I need to leave because he's done that in the past. Anytime stuff gets tough, my Urban's just peaced out. The next one, Robert Slee to the Jets. Okay, here's the thing. I am not high on him overall, but in terms of what the Jets needed, an energetic guy, someone that has took a bad defense and rebuilt it, they got what they needed. Do I think he's going to be able to lead him to the playoffs? No. But is he an upgrade over Adam Gase? Fuck yeah, he's a huge upgrade over Adam Gase. It's like you went from a shitty one-bedroom apartment to Brooklyn. Now you're at Manhattan and you're looking over the water. That was the upgrade that was made by the Jets. That's how bad Adam Gase was. Huge upgrade. My worry with him, now granted, I know he brought LaFleur over from San Francisco, and you know if he lets LaFleur do the Shanahan run game, I think it will be great. But there's this thing with these defensive coaches where they're like, run the ball, play tough D. And that's another worry I have with him. That's another worry. But it's kind of like what, why the Lions didn't hire him. You don't, if you have a defensive coach, you want your next coach to be offense. If you have an offensive coach, you want your next coach to be defense. And that's what the Jets did. Are they going to move on from Darnold? I think they should. Will they? I don't know. I really don't know what they're going to do in terms of that. But I really think they should. I think, I, I was reading online, some people think that you can get a first round pick from Darnold. I don't know what weed you guys are smoking, but you need to pass that on because there's no way in hell you should be getting a first round pick for Sam motherfucking Darnold. I think you can get a third, maybe a fourth at most for him. But I, I think they should move on. I think they should trade the, him to Colts, Vikings, whoever, and try to start over and draft whichever quarterback they have rated highest on their board and go from there. And lastly, last night, Arthur Smith was hired. Now, I will give Smith credit. Smith, you know, his dad is the CEO of FedEx, and he just kind of got the job at the Titans because that's where FedEx was and he worked his way up and it was a quick rise. And for those who don't know, and I post about it today, again, at etop21sports underscore fantasy, the NFL coaching ranks, it's a good old boy club. And to get into the good old boy club, it's hard. 
And for someone that literally just started coaching, for Smith to break down those walls and to rise up the ranks as quickly as, he's, as he did is really fucking impressive. So I'll give him credit. Falcons are interesting. They need to kind of revamp, but it's going to start with a fourth pick. Do you draft a quarterback and let him sit under Ryan? Do you draft a lineman and build up the offensive line? Do you draft a defensive player and build up the defense? Because the defense is awful. So I don't know which direction they're going to go in that fourth pick. Or in terms of Ryan, like I said, do you draft a quarterback? Or look what Smith did for Tannehill. Tannehill was down in his luck. No one thought he was good. That kind of reminds me of a certain quarterback out of Chicago, Mitch Trubisky who's mobile and can run. I could see Trubisky doing great things in a Smith system. Do you sign Trubisky, let him sit under Ryan when Ryan's done? Boom, Trubisky's there. And Smith just lets him do the RPOs that Tannehill was doing in Tennessee. And then at the beginning of the second round, the kid from Alabama, Harris, would be a great fit in this running scheme for the Falcons in the Smith running system. So... That's just kind of my thoughts. I mean, it's really going to be key who he hires as a defensive coordinator. Mayo, maybe from New England. Wade Phillips wants wants to get in. Wade Wade could be pretty good. Wade has a history of coming in, getting the defense up. First year, always great. But he would just be a couple-year rental because he's 73 years old, and there's no way he's going to last that long. But he would be a good step in getting that defense going the right way. Well, there you have it. That's today's show. Oh, my God. Great day. Lots of college basketball. Looking forward to this Minnesota-Michigan game. We have a play-in. Looking forward to this Texas Tech-Baylor game. We got two football games tomorrow, two football games today. We have a loaded day of horse racing. We have an early pick five carryover at the Aqueduct. We got hockey going on. We got UFC. Just a loaded fucking day of sports. Anyway, be safe, be well, and I will talk to you guys on Monday.